0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. I'm Ed, Jennifer coming along in just a minute, and our special guest on today's show is a guy who I remember when he was 14. No, I remember from San Francisco, terrific stand-up, writer, really talented guy, and a family man. And I want to talk to him about all of those things. Blaine Capatch. Blaine is coming up shortly. And um, that's it. We're out of time. I'm sorry that I took so long, but this is the show where we talk about mental health and we we practice mental health skills because mental health is a practice. Uh, there's a lot of talk about mental health in the world. Simple practices can can change your life, and uh, things look a lot different when you're breathing. And Jennifer will uh, she teaches some amazing skills. She has a great organization called ConnectedParenting.com, where there are podcasts, there's media, there's classes, there's all kinds of programs, resilience skills, skills for parents, kids, families, self-parenting. Today's show, we have a couple of, of sponsors here that are coming up. Optimistical is a new sponsor. Optimistical is a roll-on for your head. Uh, you see the world as it is. It's a deodorant that comes in a Zoloft formula. You can roll it on your head, you can roll it under your arms, you can put it on a salad. It has a roller-type uh, application, and it comes in new and Well wellbutrin. We also have a new film that's coming out called The Emotional Justice League. We have emotional superheroes and, and villains. We have Captain Crisis. We have The Enabler is a villain. We have the back peddler, the pleaser, and Mr. Emotional Freeze. These are some of the, the new villains that you're going to be seeing in the Emotional Justice League movies. There's a whole universe uh, of people who are doing tremendous things, powerful things emotionally in the world. Now, I just want to do a few emotional shout outs to welcome people no matter what state they're in. Here are our emotional shout outs. If your hindsight is 2020, you're a hop, skip, and a jump away from a complete breakdown, welcome. If your tarot cards include the King of Depression and the Queen of Shame, welcome. If you're if you asphyxiated yourself during a virtual yoga class, which I've done, welcome. If you put the drama in drama welcome. And if you like Shits Creek because your life is actually up Shits Creek, welcome. And if you're beating yourself up, even now, there's always a place for you right here on the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. Now, I want to bring in uh, Jennifer Kalari. Uh, Jennifer, we just started a new year. We made it through the other year, through the worst year in the history of, of the world. What do you tell people about how to, how to begin, how to deal with what's gone on and go into a new You know, a new space because I think people are really mainly drained.
1: Yeah, people are tired. Well, and a lot of the issues that were big issues in 2020 are still big issues. I mean, there's a few things on the horizon that are giving us all hope, but um, it's been people are exhausted, kids are exhausted, families are exhausted. It's it's been a really hard year. So, what I'm really all about right now is giving people tools, and that's what you and I do every week to try and find ways to build their emotional resilience. Um, strengthen their emotional recuperation, so when something you know is disappointing or it doesn't go well, you, your bounce back is there. Um, and learning that you can wi- rewire your own brain, you are the architect of your brain, and basically, what you think about can have a huge impact on how you view the world and on your mental health. So it's it's really about this. This year should really be about going inward um, and working on your internal screen <laughs> instead of your external screen.
0: Yeah, because we, you know, I had a teacher once who said, you know, look at what you're projecting. If you think of a camera and you have this very fuzzy, unfocused, you can't really see what's going on and you're showing a movie on screen. Is it the screens? Is is it because the screen has a problem or is it because the projector needs to be refocused? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would say uh, I'm failing this class, so I don't really care. (laughs) It's such a simple thing. But it's mm-hmm. so challenging, especially when you have this post-traumatic stress that we have from, you know, from yeah. the, the past year. You know, the world is possible. I mean, we're alive.
1: Yeah. Well, and and really it comes down to whatever, d- just controlling the now, right? How are you feeling right now? And that that's why, you know, we've spent uh, screens, have, external screens have been a huge part of our lives this year. You know, everything's online. Our kids are online all the time. There's nothing else to do. So people are online They're Right. So but it's actually that internal screen what are you thinking about what are you seeing in your mind's eye what are you focusing on what are you ruminating about where are your thoughts because where thoughts go energy flows and so yeah. i think a great thing to be doing is to what are you projecting on your internal screen and let's see if we can tinker with that a little bit and you will change then what's what's outside
0: what's the picture now i find that if i don't if i don't practice regularly like some kind of meditation or some kind of you know ritual um, that I do, and it's really just for, fi- for five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If I don't do that, what happens is my mind starts to get extremely busy. I have a lot of thoughts that are just like rockets coming from all directions, and they're not even things that I want to think about, or and, and, it, and it starts to get very uh, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I need to go into a home. How do you check in and stop? How do you check in and stop?
1: Yeah. So, well, the check-in part comes from just noticing that you're doing it in the first place. Just a gentle observation. Oh, oh, look at all these thoughts coming in. I I wasn't aware that these were all sort of dumping into my brain at once and not in an angry, oh, here you go again, you can't control your mind kind of way. Just, Just a gentle observation is really important. And then you have to take action because the brain doesn't know the difference between you imagining something, worrying about something, remembering something, and actually living something. It's no different to the midbrain. Your frontal lobe, the thinking part of the brain, the executive functioning part of the brain knows the difference, but your midbrain doesn't. It's in survival mode. So it's going to send out cortisol and adrenaline and all of these chemicals that make you feel like you need to run for your life when there's nothing actually in front of you. So learning to control those thoughts, you know, very, very simple things like, um, you know, closing your eyes and just imagine stomping on them or a windshield wiper, wiping them away or firing them out with a cannon. I don't care. Just, just do, or whacking them out like a, w- with a baseball bat, like, and see them actually leave. Right. It, the brain is so, um, it's, thinks in metaphors. It understands the the metaphors, right? So the, the midbrain doesn't understand language. It only understands images. So if you give it an image like, okay, fine, that thing's scary. I'm going to whack it out with a baseball bat or I'm going to take some action. Then for a second, your midbrain goes, oh, good. Well, he finally did something about that. That's good. Now your midbrain um, you know, can override your frontal lobe. So it knows that you still have those chemicals. So why do I still feel stressed? There must be something. It's going to search your brain to find something for you to worry about. And it's going to find it. And then you have to whack it out of your head again. It is a religious practice of doing it over and over and over again. And usually, if you can stick to it, it takes about a week, maybe two weeks, and your brain will start to learn. Oh, okay. Every time that every time I feel that way, there's an action taken. I need, I don't need to worry about that anymore. It it takes some diligence, but it really does work.
0: If you're if this is New Year's for you, you're you're into like what's the what's the year going to be for me? What kind of a year do I want? I would only say uh, whatever you want in the future, have it now, imagine it now, mm-hmm. close your eyes mm-hmm. and feel what it's like to have what you want yeah. this year. Yep. That's what I would say. And and other than that, I would say the words checkmate. I want to bring in our uh, our guest because this guy uh, is just very funny, really, truly funny person and uh, a really interesting person and uh, always a big fan of his work on stage and a million different shows. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the
2: only Blaine Kapach. Blaine. Hi, Ed. It's me, Blaine.
1: Hi, Blaine. <clears throat> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm talking to you. Sorry for the, the delay. I'm on the International Space Station. <laughs> here, let, here, let me, here, let me come in. I'll be in in a second. All right, okay. okay. Hey, I'm back. Sorry about that delay, you guys. Exactly. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> it
1: sounds really good.
0: <laughs> that is tremendous. You and you are on the International Space Station, and that's probably why you appear to be a very happy person, <laughs> and also why I appear to be very small. Small is the new big. Uh, I always say, <laughs> Wayne. You know, this is what's interesting to me is you're a parent. You have a seven year old. We all knew each other in stand up when we weren't married and we didn't have kids. And we were standing in the fog, waiting to go on stage, um, and and so now I'm standing
2: two. in the sun, and I can't go on stage, <laughs> right? Because because the earth is exploding. Um, yeah, that too.
0: What do you do with your with your mental health? How do you keep yourself uh, sane? Do you do conscious things, or is it just sort of you just have that kind of personality?
2: No, I'm 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 pretty happy go. I don't want to say happy go lucky, maybe happy go fortunate. Mm-hmm where, uh, yeah. you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm pretty upbeat, but it's, I, I just get bored. Uh, I love my wife. I love my kid. Uh, we're in a cool neighborhood. Everything is, you know, we're careful and stuff. So we're not worried about any of that stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I just, I, I, am more, I mean, my wife is working and I'm kind of keeping an eye on my kid right now. Who's watching Luigi's mansion walkthroughs on YouTube with headphones on. <laughs> Because, you know, I mean, it's like you try to control their screens and you can't and they're going to I feel like this is going to have such a weird PTSD after image for all these kids. They're not even going to know what
1: I think you're right. I think we don't really know yet what the impact is going to be. I mean, there's some good things that have happened for kids. I mean, they're not dragged around in the minivan going to practices and all over the place as much. And there's more family time and more walks. But there's yeah, definitely I love him. I love have-
2: him being here all the time. Yeah, that, that makes part's such yummy. A
1: that part's good. But there, but it's it's you're you're right. Like this, it's had a huge impact on how they see the world. And so many parents don't know how you. How do you keep your kids off screens right now? You can't. <laughs> they have to be on the screens, and there's nothing else to do. So mm-hmm. they're struggling. Sure
2: you know, I, I <laughs> take him. I take him out for walks every now and then, and take him out for drives and stuff. So that in the second he, the second he gets outside, he forgets about the screens. Is it like a dog exactly. at the beach? Oh, just he's this. gone. Yeah, that's, but, uh, uh, but you know, just getting him out is, is bad. The kind of dad that I imagine you to be is, is
0: somebody who actually can play with their kid, but can play and actually not say, not think I'm, Oh, I'm playing with my kid now, but really get into it, really enjoy it and really share the stuff that you love with him and vice versa. Am I wrong? No,
2: I love Legos. Right. Love them for, <laughs> I've loved them for years and now I'm, now I have to love them. But they're great. They, uh, uh, I was actually looking forward to them this Christmas because I always get them a bunch of Legos, and I yeah. can hang out for you know three or four hours and put a rocket together or something. Yeah, it's very, and very then, satisfying.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then and then video games and stuff like that. Do you are you uh, you're in that in
2: that world too, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm we're we're in very close quarters, so you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm either reading the news or trying to write, and he's. Playing video games or you know watching a, a, a Gravity Falls or something you know he's kind of kind of watching some some TV not too much.
0: In terms of how your how your comedy has changed as things have gone on and as
2: this what do you what has this year done to your writing? Uh, it's I'm a little more concise. I'm trying to stay more positive. I think it's easier to stay positive because I'm just so tired of the negativity. So it's it's easier. It's uh. uh it's it's easier, especially with, with all the dog attacks these days, it's really, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you never know when it's going to happen or where it's going to hit. You could just have, you just have to kind of live your life. So that's try- a sound effect that we have. We buzz that <laughs> in. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I just, like I said, I just try to stay positive. I try to stay upbeat and I'm, I get very mad and I get very frustrated, but like I'm I'm on Twitter a lot because it just, it's more of a, that's more of a speed bag for me. I can kind of just keep things fresh and, uh and i find that if i write something negative i won't won't say it do you know what i mean i don't want to be i don't want to look back on these days and see negativity because there's just plenty of it without having to re- be reminded of it yeah in my own words you know it's also kind of addictive that's the insidious thing about
0: the neg- and the negativity and it's also about news is that you're watching it and you actually want to get into it you start to get into it it's the same. It's, it, it has this addictive quality and it makes you don't feel good, but yet you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that, it's really good to, like, monitor what feels good. And I think we've become so used to surviving that we forget what feels good and just stay with that. And it's actually like like going out and looking at a tree actually does feel better than watching Rachel Maddow. Yeah. It does feel better.
2: Well well, I think that you know, my jokes get shorter and the uh and the, the pleasures get simpler because there's you just have to be able to enjoy everything. Yeah, those are
1: the things that really matter anyway, really. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but it's the truth. And it's what we had lost before. If there's anything good at all that's come out of twenty twenty and this virus, is that it has brought people back to board games and family dinners and walks and you know, the kind of simple things that were happening all along, but we were in our busy lives, we were missing. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's really imp- it's important for kids, right? To to reconnect them back to you know nature and Lego and and playing. Those are really, really yeah. important things, and that builds so,
2: That poor guy, he's just so bored. I feel bad for him. And it's like we live in the city, so you we can't just go out for a walk in the woods. We have to drive someplace on yeah. purpose. Yeah. yeah. So you know, but but that's fun. And 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 there's something I wanted to ask you about. I've been thinking about this because.
0: I, I'm not uh, like, I just have no knowledge of, uh, I'm not, a, I don't have knowledge of sci-fi. I don't have knowledge of like Dungeons and Dragons. I don't have knowledge of, of these kind of, these kind of things. I did see Star what are you, Wars. What are you the, getting the, at? The, I did see Star Wars the day it opened. I what I'm getting at is what is wrong with you? No. What I'm getting at is what does science fiction, what does fantasy, what does it how does it work with mental health? Is it an actual thing that sort of helps people and their equilibrium? I mean, has it done that
2: for you? Well, I think it's always nice to have a a healthy what if going on. Like what if we could do this, or what if this happened, or what if this was real? You know, it's always always oh, it's nice. It's, it, it's nice to give you something to compare reality to so that you can strive towards something or get away from something. You know, you can change directions or alter your course, I guess.
0: That's a great way to describe it. What is the, uh, the anthem? What is the film or show or book or piece of entertainment that, that has taught you the, the most about shifting your perspective?
2: Yeah, uh, what you mean movies had had a big impact on me when I was young, yeah. is that kind of, I mean, yeah. because, cause I was ground zero for star Wars. I was, I mean, it was, I, I was, uh, 11 years old when it came out. I think I was 12 when I saw it and I saw it 32 times one summer. I saw theater. thirty-three. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. You yeah. It's like, I would go into, my, we had a small town theater and I would go in and I'd pay for the first movie yeah. to sit there for all three shows and yeah, I had nothing to do all summer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. three so, times I, I bought a ticket for that movie. It 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 changed my life. When you're really a kid that it was nothing like
2: it was, like very, it. It, was it was like Beatles. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, uh and and I've I've said this a million times, but it's like you could have and I I love all the Star Wars movies. I just started watching Mandalorian with my kid. Mm. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Um but it's uh uh, uh they could have stopped with Star Wars because it was such a perfect movie it uh I think it's people people are just so sick of it. It's like people that say they hate the Beatles It's like no you just you've heard them too much and I think that that if you look at Star Wars, the thing I love about it, especially from a writing perspective, is every scene something happens to move the plot forward and it closes the door behind it so the characters cannot go back to where they were there's just mm-hmm. they keep getting pushed forward and you see you see that happen mm-hmm. so all the way up to the end it's nice and self-contained and you didn't have to i wasn't worried about where darth vader came from or what happened to any of these people i thought just thought it was fun and there was plenty of spaceships and lasers and stuff you know a lot of people who went into mental the mental health field like jennifer
0: star wars was like a seminal thing for them star wars was like a guiding a guiding light for them i don't know if george lucas when he wrote i don't know if he was uh if he was planning that necessarily, but it really became that.
2: Yeah, I think you. They were. It, it it just it just hit all the right angles at all the right times. I guess it was. Well, uh, it, yeah, uh,
1: and it really addresses the kind of human archetypes, right? That we
2: we yeah, all like r- robots and Jawas. Yeah, and the and, uh, Boba right. Fett.
1: Yeah, well, um, and, and the, the 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 major archetype, which is in all kinds of films, actually in stories, in books, is that the answer to whatever you're struggling with is usually found within, right? That's just pretty much in a- at the Yeah, the droids
2: were inside us the whole time.
1: Right, and so, well, not the- I do know what I mean. <laughs> but the truth is, that story is something that's very familiar to all of us. And that's the truth when it comes to mental health. Nobody's gonna save you. Like, nobody's gonna come down from the sky and save you. You're gonna save you. You're in the life that you're in and you have the tools that you have You can't change the, the, you know, you can change some of the circumstances, but you can't really control the conditions. Mm -hmm. But what you can control is your response to those conditions, right? Which is why trying whenever possible, and it sounds so trite and I don't mean it to, but thinking in a positive way has huge implications biochemically for your body and your mental health and your physical health. When when you're stressed and you're depressed and you're thinking about everything that's going wrong and you're watching news all day and just thinking about what you don't want instead of what you do want, biochemically, your body is actually um, down-regulating your immune system, right? It's it's trying to conserve energy because it thinks you're under attack, so I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm going to save all of my energy to run, right? That's literally what's happening. So the more you think about positive things, focus on what you do want instead of what you don't want. Focus on anything, even neutral things that make you feel a little bit better, actually upregulate your immune system, strengthen your immune system, and help you feel better. So the idea that you can really, the, the answer is within you is true. They, they did a really interesting study, and I, I don't have it handy, but they did a study with little kids about superheroes. And there were three groups and they gave the kids an impossible puzzle. Like it was not possible to solve this puzzle. And they, you know, the first group, they just let them go to it and the kids are all crying and they're getting frustrated. The second group, they said, who's your favorite superhero? And then I want you to, I want you to imagine that you're that person. And then the third group actually got costumes. They got to put on the costumes And the group that stuck with this impossible puzzle that had no solution the longest was, no surprise, the kids who were wearing the costumes, right? And when they asked them, why did you stick to this? Well, Superman would never give up and Luke Skywalker would never quit. And like, there was just this idea, right? That they were channeling something. The middle group did better, but the group that did the best was the one with the costumes. So sometimes even finding um, a hero, an archetype, something that just makes you... And I think it was... I think it's Martin Luther King. He didn't actually wear glasses. Those glasses, I think, are not real. He put them on to sort of channel this um, strong part of himself that could deliver this message, and it helped him connect to that part of himself. A lot of people have
2: sort of to that point. uh, uh, I've always, I always have trouble to when I sit down to write stand-up material. And uh, there was a time when I was going to do uh, uh, an Emo Phillips impression. I was going to pretend to be Emo for 10 minutes. And I had to write an Emo set because I, I can't use my jokes and I don't want to use his jokes. So I, so I sat down and it was like I just wrote jokes like Emo and it was so much fun because I could oh, I can write jokes like Emo. I could do stuff like this. Oh, he'll do this, whatever. It was so much easier and more fun writing to and for somebody else than it was. Mm-hmm. Writing for myself because mm-hmm. it was easier to identify what other people are than it is than it is to identify yourself. And you say changing your perspective and flipping
0: it—that's um, that's why you go into uh, you go into comedy TV. When when I was growing up, which was you know, before they had TV and before there was
2: a God. Trilobites everywhere. We had, to set, we had to set off a bomb. They put one of those big tents over our cave with the stripes on it, made it look like a circus thing. And we just went to the beach for a couple of days. We came back, no more trilobites. It was it was really good. I'll give you the, guy, I'll give you the guy's number if you're having trouble. Watching live TV with my
0: family, The Ed Sullivan Show, and this is really when I was a little, little kid, but watching live TV with my family was like the most exciting thing I have ever felt. And and that includes things I've seen in the past 20 years. Pastime, I don't think there's anything really better than passing time, like doing something in a room together and just feeling each other's company. You know, it's such a big
2: thing. What do you share with your with your kid? That's something that you love. For my birthday, my wife got me Disney Plus, so we have Disney Plus wow. because I wanted to watch The Simpsons. He had never seen The Simpsons, so we watched all thirty one seasons of The Simpsons in a couple of. <laughs> it took a couple of weeks, I guess, but it was always on in the background, and it was that cool. The the my favorite white noise. I used to always have it on because it was always on TV for. A few times in LA for years, and uh, it, it just like, and I saw all these episodes that I hadn't seen because I stopped watching after a certain season, and uh, and my kid loved it, and he was saying butt and fart and acting like Bart Simpson and being a, being a little jerk. It was fantastic. My dad was a barber, and uh, the barbershop was in the front of our house, so he always had a TV on in there and in the back. So there was always he was always watching. I remember Dark Shadows. That was almost at, at the, the the beginning of my memory that one If I hear
0: the Dick Van Dyke show theme start I start to relax like I know everything's gonna
2: be okay If I hear the room 222 theme I'll just immediately just fall asleep in, in a lap Growing up in in Canada how do you yeah. see how is it different
0: than, than how kids grow well, up here culturally
1: we had, we had all the same shows. We just wondered why nobody ever talked about Canada on them, right? Like we, we grew up with all the same TV stations and everything, but we had our own kind of iconic stuff that was really funny. And like we were talking about Second City earlier. There there were just kids in the hall. There were crazy shows that are so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all yeah. the all the same shows and uh, you know just the idea that as a kid you had to wait for tuesday night to see your show like kids look at you today and like what
2: and if you missed it you missed it i got really mad that we yeah. my, i went with my parents to kmart one night and uh we got back too late and i missed battlestar galactica i remember and that. i was like i was livid. <laughs> livid yeah it was the, the original one like the bad one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, i can't
1: believe it oh my god it's true that was it you couldn't get it back there was no. but you know what
2: when when i was very young uh we had family out in pittsburgh i grew up in pennsylvania and we went we went up to pittsburgh and uh i remember one night we're tuning in and uh i saw SCTV for the first time and i had never seen it and i wasn't able to see it again for years because i we just couldn't get it it wasn't on anything but I, I just remember watching it, going, "What the? F- what is this? It was like it was like a, a like Earth Two TV show, like a, like the TV had tuned into a different Earth, uh, still yeah. the same Earth. But it was like, okay, I like this one. I like. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was one of those nice accidental discoveries when I was a kid that it really that really stuck with. Every character was great, and Catherine O'Hara is still doing it. Gene Levy's still doing it yep. on
0: Schitt's Creek. It's yep. amazing, phenomenal.
2: Uh, I remember there was a real uh, there was a real moment a real uh, epiphany when I realized that Count Floyd and Floyd Camembert were uh, uh or Floyd Robertson were the same guy that it was yeah. like oh the news anchor dresses up like the vampire to do the other show because oh it's one big TV state. oh and, like yeah. I figured it out and it all like just clicked uh, yeah. it was fantastic it was like when I realized that the reason that that uh, Mr. Rogers never went to the land of make-believe was because he was the guy working the puppets.
0: Jennifer, you spoke about this one time and we'll, we'll close on this, but it's kind of interesting. She said, you know, you're talk about the, I think it's such a great point that we have theme songs Mm -hmm. in our heads. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're basically called implicit memories. So they're beliefs, they're things that sort of got programmed into our brains, usually prior to the age of seven, right? So before the age of seven, and it's interesting because so your, your son is seven, prior to the age of seven, the hardware in the brain that kind of is, is, is built to store long-term memories hasn't developed yet. So all of the really kind of exciting or upsetting things that happened to us prior to the age of seven kind of get embossed on the brain like an emotional tattoo. So your body remembers it, but your brain doesn't necessarily remember it which is why it's so hard to, you know, usually things that you can remember when you're really little were pretty dramatic things, but it's, it leaves an imprint and they tend to stay with you. And and if you're aware and if you kind of tune into that, you can, you can hear that theme song playing, Um, you know, and it's usually something like I'm not good enough or nobody else does as much work as I do, or I'm never appreciated. Like we all have different variations of those themes and that's why, you know, when you argue with your spouse or with anyone, you're basically just replaying that theme song, that story, over and over. And just just being aware of that theme song and maybe picking another one. Learning how to mute it, 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 it never really goes away, but you can control how loud it plays.
0: I love that. I love that. I'm switching over to Room 222 right now mm-hmm. in my head. Everything that you reference on Christine's show, Story Worthy. Uh, is something that I want to talk about. Blaine, thank you for thank for you, taking Blaine. the time and for coming in. My pleasure. And, thank uh, you, Ed. Thank you, Jennifer. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and you can check us out on Make Light Media. The word make and light together, make lightmedia.com. Uh, I'm Ed Krasick for Jennifer Kalari and Blaine Batch. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. We'll see you next week.